to episode 123 yeah of the fuel hotel marketing podcast thanks for ruining my intro i'm joined today with phil fariska <laughs> the intro ruiner that's right and lay a cake pete hey so, everybody it's gonna stick and making a return Brittany mullins hey hey and i am your faithful host Stuart butler today we're going to be talking about social media this is another one of our 101 episodes so just down to the basics we feel like a lot of people still enamored by the bright and shiny they get distracted easily and they forget the very fundamentals and the basics so. well, we also forget that new people are starting in the hotel industry every day this and is this is it's true. nice to ha- give them something to start with yeah that's true we, we had a question a couple of weeks ago where someone was asking where do i begin you know so this 101 series that's that's its purpose you know we try to stay to the fundamentals and then with other episodes we can get into some crazy deep dives or whatnot but today we're gonna to be talking about social media basics and just to kind of give you a good foundation I feel like Brittany wrote a, po- a blog post recently on the show that doesn't make any sense she wrote a blog post recently on a website <laughs> and uh, will this show be about that blog post and it, it will <laughs> nice. so how about that so that's what we're gonna be talking about but before we get into that do we have some news of ruse folks we do let's do the jingle with hotel marketing that cannot lose. Now it's time for News Aroos. Love it, Pete. You know, I'm always concerned, though, because that was my opportunity to creatively push the bounds of that jingle. And mm-hmm. since now it's just recorded and played over and over again, I feel like I'm getting stagnant. Do you want to you go back to no. live recording? <laughs> no. Actually, I forgot what it sounded like because we don't hear it. Because it's done in post. Don't ruin so. the magic, Pete. Yeah, but it, 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 I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm not all amped up for news. But you know who is amped up for news? Who's that? Our listeners. <laughs> and, they're, and they're about to be even more amped up. So this one comes from Gizmondo. And the headline is, Google's quantum supremacy announcement shouldn't be a surprise. In Gizmodo? Yeah, Gizmodo. Yeah, he can't speak. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, it's a big deal because it is a sign of things to come. And when you hear the word quantum supremacy, that's kind of misleading. But basically what that means is the point at which a basic quantum computer can complete a task that a current computer could not ever achieve. And in or, this- Or it could potentially achieve it, but a lot slower, like magnitude, exactly. orders of magnitude slower. Yeah, so, so in this particular example, Google's quantum computer performed a contrived problem in 200 seconds that it would take a classical just computer 10,000 years. Well, not just perform. a classical computer, a classical supercomputer. So like the most processing power in a traditional setup. Yeah. It would take how long? 20, it took 20, 200 seconds to do what would have taken 10,000 years. Yeah. So is this as impressive or more impressive as the uh, computer that beat the guy in Go? <laughs> I think this is orders of magnitude more impressive. <laughs> so it, it is and it is not, right? So quantum computing in, in general is, is something that I don't think a lot of people fully understand what it means, right? So th- think of computers right now as... They're ones and zeros, right? Every bit is either a one or a zero, and that's how information is stored and and transmitted. But with quantum computing, 
it gets exponentially smarter because you can use the quantum state of the tiniest particles in the universe and if you can control those things can be ones or zeros or neither or both and and so you just you get more computing power in a smaller space right and it can go super quick the challenge is this only works on a very very small scale now in a very limited number of scenarios and you have to keep this device at close to absolute zero so you, it's a super super controlled environment and it only lasts for a certain number of computations because the the quantum state will only be sustained for a certain number of times that it goes through it otherwise it collapses so no one's gotten to the point where this is a viable technology for doing ongoing computing this isn't even i mean we're probably decades away at this point from this being commercially viable what this announcement is saying is basically google set out to reach a goal which was to perform a specific task exponentially faster than a regular computer they've accomplished that in a, in a very controlled environment right that doesn't mean that the google algorithm is now going to be running on a quantum computer tomorrow we're still years away from that right and, and also this is not a release that google put out what ended up happening was a journalist at the financial times found a draft of a paper on nasa's website going over the details of this experiment which, yeah, which reference and google would not comment on this right. right so it's not a you know a google leak this thing out in a, in a way of you know hey look how smart we are it's definitely something that's in the works it's pre-press release type stuff yeah but what it shows is for for marketers for security people at some point in the future it's going to completely change i mean possibly right if they but, solve the challenges well, I think they have solved one of the challenges. Now the question becomes, how do you scale it? How do you make it? Well, but even this specific viable? challenge was one specific problem. So really, all this is saying is that this this Google quantum computer is better at being a Google quantum computer for this particular problem than mm -hmm. a regular computer is. That's all it really says. This isn't something you can now apply any other. You can't now set this thing out to go and crack all the passwords in right. the world, which is obviously one of the risks if someone does get true quantum supremacy where they have perfect quantum computing at their fingertips and no one else does whoever that agent is now has a huge advantage over the rest of the world because and they prove simulation theory <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then we realize we're not alive right yeah. so but the, the, the challenge with quantum computing is all of our cryptography all of our security right now is based on math in, in it's math that's hard to solve. It takes a long time to crack, say, your password for Google, right? But we've, if we've got the power of quantum computing where you can break down complex math into fractions of a nanosecond that used to take years, our security is very, I mean, it's almost obsolete at that point, our current security. So right. we're going to have to replace every kind of security we have with something new when this becomes more viable and and to be clear all of the big guys are working on this actively you know google obviously is apple is microsoft is ibm is that that every major government has big money going into quantum computing but this is like remember back in the 60s when computers were like rooms full of these massive machines and they could only do the very basic calculations we're not even at that point yet with quantum computing so it's, it's going to take a while to solve the you know the, the
the fact that the, the quantum particles collapse after a finite number of computations that you know you have to keep these at close to absolute zero that you can't move these you can't have sound you can't have light all that interferes with it there's there's a lot of technical challenges they're gonna have to overcome but if they do that we're all I mean we're all screwed bum 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 yeah that was fun yeah so any mm. other newsaroos Google's had some other stuff going on this week <laughs> Phil oh yeah the um, another core algorithm update so it's still a little unclear whether or not this is affecting people or not I'm sure obviously it is for our clients it's not necessarily um but it's something you should look into it uh the new algorithm update dropped on the 24th so you should compare your last few days of data uh, against the date previous to the 24th and see if you dropped in rankings or gained rankings see if it affected you whatsoever but um it's definitely important and i feel like it definitely has something to do with their new um Link attributes uh, such as no followed and sponsored and all that fun stuff they just released. So um, if you want to get geeky and SEO, you can go look it up. But there was a core algorithm update, so it's something you should be paying attention to. You know what's interesting about this one, I think, versus some of the other ones? Because when you, you look at, say, when they made the major mobile update, everyone was sensationalizing it. Mobile, getting, you know, mm-hmm. SEO is going to fundamentally change. And it was it was just a lot of noise about it right everyone was freaking out it affected people who were not prepared right who were not already mobile friendly yeah they they were hurt but this and and, and going back before that with like penguin and panda and these other like major updates there was a lot more written about them this one seems to one have come out fairly out of the blue like google didn't really talk about it until close to it which sometimes they don't talk about it until after the fact but I haven't really seen the sensationalized articles that I've well, seen in previous core updates. And, and I, maybe that's because we haven't seen the volatility in results that we have in the past. And maybe that is because people aren't trying to trick the algorithm anymore. People are sticking to best practices. Yeah. At least, you know, in our clients' cases, I feel like the folks we do SEO for, you know, we stick to the standards that Google sets out. Google are doing a much better job of saying, here's what we expect. Here's if you do these things you're going to be okay. And they seem to be delivering on that promise to, to where, I mean, I really haven't seen any major fluctuation since this update rolled out for any of our clients. Mm-mm. And, and the, the few past core algorithm updates that come out, it's, it's not greatly affecting our clients one way or another, um, negatively or positively, uh, strictly because we stick to best practices and, um, we definitely recommend everyone here stick to yeah, I'm, Google's set you yeah, know, set They write standards. about it now. They tell you what you should be doing. And I'm glad, for one, Phil, that you stopped putting white text on white background <laughs> on every website. I, that was a good decision yeah. you made last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't feel like we've had seen, seen a real you know, negative impact from any algorithm updates simply because we try to stay ahead of their curve and, and keep up with the Google news and everybody should. All right. And here's the thing about SEO. I think once you realize, had this very simple realization, you should never get into trouble again. Because back in the early days of organic search, 
everyone was trying to game the system. They were trying to chase the algorithm, right? What's well, Google going to do next? Google made I mean, it easy for right, us to do did. that and manipulate them. And right. then they got a whole lot smarter. And that's when we saw Panda and Penguin yeah. completely flip SEO on its head. And it has not been the same since. But it's it been is, better, right? Because it's much the, better. Because you can't be a bad actor or at least be successful. Because there was a time when you could take advantage of the vulnerabilities in the algorithm and go and pay for a ton of spammy links, for example. And, and you could rank really well on some very competitive keywords. Very easily. It, really easily, right? You spend the right money with the right Russian shady businesses, you could get good ranking. You can't do that anymore. And you haven't been able to for a long time. Partly because... You know, Google's closed some of those loopholes, but also they're leveraging more um, customer data in their rank brand right algorithm, right? So if you want to be successful with SEO today, there's nothing you can do that you can scale to game the system. So you have to really stick to the fundamentals and the best practices, which is, you know, creating great content that is helpful and useful that people will you know use as a utility, but also people will want to share and want to link to. If you do that, then no algorithm change in, in the future is, is ever going to be a problem. It's because the realization is stop chasing the algorithm and start anticipating what Google's end mission is, which is to match in searcher intent with the best quality content. If you know that, then just figure out what searcher intent you want is you're going to be valuable for and create the best experience for those people. If you do that simple thing, SEO is taking care of itself. Definitely, definitely. So this is an SEO 101 podcast as well as a social media podcast. I know. How about that? We hijacked you. Google hijacked your social media. It's okay. You nerded out on me at first. Now we're in SEO. I'm just waiting my turn. feel a little more comfortable now. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) All right, cool. So you want to jump into the, the actual content of this show? We're talking about social media. And I think... Just to kind of prime this, we haven't done this in a while, but I think we have a stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Do the jingle, Pete. I'm trying to. Come on. This is this is a very unprofessional. <laughs> I'll be honest. I prefer that than your newsaroo jingle. Yeah. I think that's my favorite sound effect. There you go. All right. <laughs> so what's the stat of the week? Um. So almost half of the world's population, which is about 4 billion people, are on and using social media. And two-thirds of those people are using Facebook. But the even more important stat of the week... <coughs> showing stats of the week, plural. Is the what? Is the one following it. Oh, is that the one I was supposed to read? <coughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you said the first one, so I was like, oh, okay. It's definitely let's, the let's self-serving like, one. Let's, let's on. pretend like we prepared for this. Okay. Thing. Sorry. So what's the stat of the week? My bad. (laughs) The stat of the week. The stat of the week is um, it comes from our our 2019 leisure travel study. Um, Forty percent of hotel guests look at a hotel's Facebook page prior to booking, and of that forty percent, or I guess not of that forty percent, but fifty per fifty two percent of millennials. So that's anyone thirty five and under. Um look at Facebook before booking. Yeah, that's crazy. That that number's crazier higher than I would have ever thought it would. And this, you know, that was our 2019 leisure travel study, which was a self-reporting study. So we, we polled 2,000 leisure travelers and, and literally the question was, do you visit the hotel's Facebook page prior to making a booking? So do that, you feel that was like, the context. I mean, I kind of agree with you where that's a weird stat because I don't necessarily look at it, but 
I'm starting to think that it may be a better bet than going to, say, a TripAdvisor or other review site to read reviews because you're seeing uh, photo, video, plus reviews, plus you know what's going on. Interaction. It's, it seems yeah. a lot more comprehensive, like a comprehensive way to find out information about a property, who's happy with it, who's it, not. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, and also, when you think about where you spend most of your time and get most of your information anyway is from Facebook or social media in general, yeah. if you don't travel constantly, TripAdvisor's not top of mind. I mean, yeah. the thing that your browser is probably already open to is, yeah. you know, your, your Facebook. App, yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. there's, uh, I think there's two other parts. One, I think Facebook is just a little more neat and organized where I think, feel like TripAdvisor just feels not as organized when you're on the site. There's a lot of noise on that site. Yeah. Now, yeah. Sure. And I feel like if Facebook's easy, simple, clean, especially if you're viewing it on mobile. Yeah, and but you're also, using it every day. So you're used to that. You right. Are, yeah. And then the people that are asking for recommendations for places to travel to, restaurants to go to, stuff like that, you can, it's now easy to just say, oh, check out, you know, the State View Hotel in Raleigh. And that will just pop in there, you know, property location and mm -hmm. website link i you mean just uh, shamelessly plugged one of our clients that was awesome <laughs> you're allowed it's i okay. just it was, to, it was we like need to let top them of know my mind they're gonna have issues with occupancy being full now <laughs> they're going to raise their rate no right? i wonder how much of this um you know we're saying 40 40 percent of people are, are visiting the facebook page it is part of that because you know as the hotel marketer we're pushing come visit our facebook page is it is it almost self-serving because you know in an introduction email we'd rather them come to our facebook page than or, or you know you, you have a newsletter sign up something like that we're pushing our own social media rather than a third yeah. party i think that probably contributes to it i think the other interesting part of it is that you know it, on average it's the the cross-section of the entire population is 40 percent, but when you break it down to just millennials it's 52 percent. so obviously the younger you skew the more likely you are to, to use social media as a research tool before you book. So we, it's just something we got to keep in mind that it's, especially as, you know, the, I, I would say millennials, if, if you look at the breakdown of who uses social media, obviously it, it skews younger and older people as they phase out, it, it, it's that number's going to go up, I would imagine. So, so Facebook, huh? Yeah. Does that segue into, uh, so what are we calling this? This is the three what? I said the top three things you should be doing on social media. So these are the three things you should be doing. Yeah. Okay. So what's number one? Number one, one, one is one, one, one. <laughs> social media platforms you must have a presence on. Ooh. So I broke that down into... TikTok. Is that it? Is no. That, TikTok's number one. Get I out. I don't even know TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it's what used to be musically. It's what all the kids use today. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Like the, the tweens. That's what the tweens use. Oh, okay. Before their parents realized that it's a social media platform. Because, you know, they're not allowed on Instagram or Snapchat yet. Because they're only like 11 oh, or 12. Oh, okay. This is but the But they're like, oh, I can be on TikTok. Because my Got mom it. doesn't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok is not one of them. But okay. Facebook is, obviously. Because it's the most widely used. And I also had Instagram and YouTube on there. Yeah. So, Facebook clearly right yeah because it's, it's, the, it's most the most used, used yeah out of all the social media apps yeah and probably will remain supreme for the next forever right yes and, and then instagram uh, part of facebook really i mean owned, it's owned, yeah, by, it's owned facebook. by facebook now um 
I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that one. I Why? think I think it's probably, to me, it's below YouTube. And we can debate in a second whether YouTube is a social channel or, you know, what, what it is. But I, I don't think Instagram is right for every property. And I think that's one of the things I want people to take from this episode is I think you need to think critically about what is right for you, your property, and your audience. Maybe, but I kind of just, well, I guess maybe. I think for most destination vacation type places it's it's a good one yeah i mean it's a very visual format yeah. right and yeah. it skews younger yeah um although we in the same leisure travel study we asked the question about do you visit instagram before and the numbers were a lot lower than they, they were, were on lower Facebook, right yeah because instagram is used more uh, as a digest of stuff right yeah. and i'm looking at whatever and influences but it's not necessarily a research destination yet right i agree i agree with that i think it's a better place to go for obviously visual because you can it's just you can create a really good showcase of your brand and your property but also we did we have talked about like connecting with influencers and how that could be really beneficial to your hotel so you kind of have to have a presence on there to connect with influencers And I also think Instagram is probably more top of funnel inspiration phase, you know, yeah. so brand awareness. Yeah. And, and you can, you can create ex- the visual experience of what it's like to come on property and, and maybe convince someone that it's, it's good. And I think you're right. Tapping into folks like influencers that are going to um, expose your brand, your product to a new audience. I think that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good opportunity on Instagram as well. Well, we've also seen some Instagram things work well where, where people, where hotels have had selfie spots or, um, you know, they set up some kind of big elaborate, you take a picture with this thing in our lobby. It, it like I said, it's more of a brand awareness, word of mouth type of, I think, uh, marketing. yeah, I think it's a good place to like share for, guests to share and spread the word with other guests. I think that's a good way to put it because you can create those opportunities. Like we, I was in um, the Magnolia, you know, Joanna Chipping Gaines, whatever their names Waco, are. Waco, Texas. Waco, Texas. I was there. Yeah. I'm wearing the shirt. Oh, yeah. Hey, I couldn't even think that. Um, but they had one of those. They had like a selfie, like an area to do like a selfie at their silos. And I mean, I think that's a pretty good I mean, way to get is, so, so that almost makes... Um, micro influencer out of you, right? When you're taking that, sure. When yeah. you know your mm-hmm. friends see it, they might want to. You become there. an advocate so, for the brand, right? You know, sure. That's why I consider it more of like a word of mouth. Yeah. But I also but, think it depends on how you use Instagram. So before I travel to a certain place, a lot of times I'll just do a search for that location's name, and the results that always come up are going to be typically individual people, you know, posting you know, whatever shots that they might have. And I think it's an opportunity for brands to come in with authentic shots of the location as well. So I mean, like for say Myrtle Beach, where we are, you know, if you're visiting, if you're planning on visiting, you're very likely to just go Myrtle Beach and see kind of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not one that I think you put all your, all your time and energy into for sure. But I think it's, it is an important one to be on, to have a presence yeah. on. Depending on your situation. I, I would say this, right? I think with any of these, focus on the ones that you know are going to work first and get them right. right? If you have a limited amount of time versus spreading yourself thinly between Facebook and Instagram and doing an okay job on both, mm-hmm. I think you'd be better served doing a great job on just Facebook. 
I agree 100%. So I think you got to nail Facebook first because that's where the majority of people are. And everything you guys just said, you can do on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, with big, turning your guests into advocates to sharing, checking in, all that sharing their photos, sharing their videos, all that stuff can be done on Facebook as well. And the good part about those two platforms is it's, you know, you can pretty much share from one to the other very easily. easily. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you're doing one thing great on Facebook, it's fairly likely you're doing it well on Instagram. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it, it's good. So let's talk about YouTube a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, it it's it's a it's an interesting channel, right? Because it's not it's not a, a community in the same way that Facebook is, right? But it it is a place that people go to consume content. But it you can also build a big following on YouTube. You can create a community, right? right. But but it's not like the the discussion will happen there's not as much engagement right. maybe yeah the the discussion will happen in the comments on a, on a right. video but then there's usually a community facebook page or group or something where people actually go and have deep com- deeper conversations you and, know so and typically the youtube comments are just idiotic <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes i mean it's you, know, it's you get a few good ones but the more popular a video gets it yeah. seems like the if it's a small video that has a small up, yeah. audience it's a great platform for communication, but as the video becomes more popular, it has so much noise that you yeah the, tr- you can't, the trolls show yeah. up right and they they ruin everything. Yeah, you know the other thing that's really <clears throat> interesting about YouTube is it definitely out of the these three platforms we we talked about, the first two skew more female. YouTube is the one out of the three that skews more male, right? Mm-hmm. So if if you're a brand that appeals more to a male demographic, YouTube might be a channel that you want to tackle more and then the other thing i think it's another one like instagram where it's it's a place to um and we're talking more organic today you mm-hmm. know but i will touch on advertising a little bit and and youtube is a great opportunity to reach a new audience and this still still and this has been going for how long but arbitrage still exists on youtube it's still really cheap to get eyeballs on your videos and if you put a good call to action with a good video you can get tremendous ROI. We did that this week with mm-hmm. a with a yeah. We we client. had one um, one of the local hotels is running an ad campaign that they're sort of piggybacking off of what um, the local CVB is doing, and you know throwing their own call to action on a pre roll video, and it's drawing in bookings. So yeah. I mean, it's 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 something you can use as a as a paid advertising platform, and that's what I was going to suggest. You know, I, we're talking like you said a little more organic, but when you start thinking of YouTube as um, a brand awareness and, and even with the call to actions on your short little snippet special videos about your specials that you're offering, this is a this is a way you can bring in bookings as well. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, right? I, I, with all these channels, people get hung up on the metric side of stuff being likes and shares and follows. And engagement is important, but at the end of the day, you can't put that in the bank. You, you need to be focused <coughs> on a strategy that's driving revenue driving repeat business driving awareness you know those things that actually make a difference to your business and you can have the biggest number of followers in the world but at the end of the day that that matters naught if you're not driving revenue and and i would say quick tip to you if you're creating youtube videos about like a special at your property 15 seconds is plenty you can get the point across in that short amount of time and and you can then fit into certain different ad tor- ad formats that are actually going to work to move the needle of bookings rather than an yeah. awareness type of video. You can't expect people to come to your YouTube channel unless you're offering something really cool 
or a beautiful experience if you're just a you know average independent hotel and like any other hotel in your town without a ton to offer youtube might not be the best place for you right but if you have a great experience maybe it is i mean that, i think you just need to like you said earlier apply if this works for you yeah yeah right. i think you almost have to think of youtube i even question saying that youtube is a social platform i almost think of it it's a, it's a video search engine and you almost have to take more of an seo approach to it it's the second biggest search <coughs> engine in the world right i mean but i think we always you know kind of put it into that social group but it's really if you have any video at all on your site or wherever it might be host it via youtube optimize the crap out of it make sure that you're setting yourself up for success because the reality is hotels aren't going to be producing the volume of video right. that I think it takes to make it a true social platform, make it more of a search play. So this is like one of those types of things that can be used with other social media platforms. Definitely. You know, it's a good tool to kind of have as a bonus. Um, like you said, I like what you said. Like if you're already, if you already have the videos, why not put, get them on YouTube? Yeah. No, I agree. So you didn't list in your, your top three here. You didn't list Snapchat. Or Pinterest. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, Pinterest is interesting because there is it's an... It's Pinteresting? Yeah, sure. I, oh, that's a I good, disagree. like, dad joke. It's not interesting. I just read this article today about how Pinterest, um, like, travel marketers are kind of slowly getting into Pinterest more for, like, really top of funnel searches. I can see that. Yeah, because people don't go there. Like, you're not going to do a brand search there. You might look up. Um, I was telling the guys today, like, where's the best place to do a food tour, you mm-hmm. know, or best cities to do food tour type stuff. And it's a great opportunity for hotels to take their content, like their blogs and mm-hmm. stuff. And once they're, you know, posted and indexed, share them on Pinterest, you know, just to get that. Yeah, I think I, I think, don't again not one of those things I think you should be spending a ton of time time on, but just interesting that Pinterest is kind of trying to get in the game. I think. Yeah, and they have been for a while, right? They, I mean, they they want to make money, and so yeah. travel is obviously one of those places where there's this large marketing budgets, and it, it makes sense because it's it's a visual platform similar to Instagram, and it, it can inspire travel for certain and, and the demographic is a good match for the people that are making decisions on travel I, I get all that I really do but again this it, to me it comes down to uh, you know are you maximizing the channels you're on before you jump onto something like Pinterest right. I know? think that's the key takeaway is yeah. your Facebook campaigns and your presence and your strategy has to be perfect before you start yeah and i think that's key strategy is an important word and i think it's the one that's often overlooked because you could anyone could easily say okay i'm just gonna syndicate my blogs onto pinterest Mm -hmm. that's not a strategy so Mm -hmm. so you need to stop and and think a little bit spend some time just doing some critical thinking and saying what is my goal how am i going to accomplish that goal you know what's my audience what's what are the tactics i'm going to employ to get to reach to that goal you don't have a strategy you're just mailing it in and you know potentially you're doing more harm than good i mean sometimes not sometimes it's okay just to mail it in but i would say if if you're going to mail that in just spend that little bit of extra time to think it through and and develop a strategy before you do and know that putting yourself out there gives you another place that you have to monitor 
to be on top of reviews and comments and, mm -hmm. and responding to people. So if you want to put yourself out there, you then yeah. you have to be all in and say, I'm going to monitor this channel as right. well. Right. What's the, the phrase that people use? If you have a presence, you have to be present. Right. right? So yep. I think that's a good segue into the number two, which is um, your hotel's social media content. And the first thing I start with is the three rules of thumb when it comes to creating content. Be authentic, be on brand, and be consistent. Yeah. Obviously, that plays into the consistency part. Right. So, th so this is a little segue because it's not social media. But you think about the Fuel podcast, right, mm -hmm. and how it's evolved and, and things have changed. But we've always been – we've always met those three criteria. Well, maybe not the consistent, but we kind of have, right? More so than any other thing we do, because it's it's never more than a week week gap or two week gap, right? So, but we're always authentic. We're always genuine. We're always on brand. We always try to be a little quirky and a little tongue in cheek and you know a little shenanigans, and um, that's why we've been successful. And I think any kind of medium where you're trying to communicate outbound from yourself to your guest, you've got to follow those rules. I think with without that. It, it can create confusion in the marketplace. It can create chaos. It can erode your brand value. And it does, just doesn't help you at the end of the and day. And I think if, if you see where some hotels have just fully adopted, say, Instagram, it's because that was the best platform for them to be authentic on yeah. and to Agreed. be themselves. Yeah. I mean, sometimes Facebook is not the best way to be yourself. You have to be there because it's just such a massive, I mean, 53% of the millennials are there and looking at it before they visit your property. So you got to be there. Right. But if your real passion is photography, then Instagram might be the ideal place for you as well. Yeah, I think it goes back to also knowing your audience, too. I mean. Mm -hmm. What was that doctor's name that was on Snap, really big on Snapchat, that did all the liposuctions and the, oh, the butt lifts and stuff? Didn't that guy get in a lot of trouble? I don't remember that. Then it's some guy in Miami or yeah, something. Yeah, he was like in that. Miami. I forget his name, but it, it, it was like an. In, it was a. Snapchat. I feel like everything you said was a precursor to a story about someone being in trouble. Uh, yeah. So let's forget whatever <laughs> happened to him. But for a while, like his only advertising was his Snapchat channel because it was totally on brand. Like he was this cocky, like plastic surgeon guy and he just do little snaps throughout the day. And it became to where people would come from all over the world just to have him do their liposuction well, or whatever he it was. was. He was posting some of it. Yeah, ah, no, there were right, actually videos the of the people on the table Gosh, this was while he was doing ago. it. Yeah, it was just probably four years ago, right? But um, that was his brand, and it was authentic, and it was it was on point with his where his brand position was, and it, he blew up. He went from this like just local guy to this international celebrity, where he was charging so much money for basic plastic surgery procedures because of the celebrity he had created all on snapchat you know so sometimes the the obscure channel can be really effective yeah if it's right for you if it's a good match for you for sure cool um the kind of content you should be focused on informing your guest creating a sense of experience um what makes your hotel great and why do guests love staying there yeah I think that's good. I mean, you've always got to sell your value proposition on every every channel, every medium that you're on, for sure. But I think the real power of social, and this is the one that's overlooked, we touched on it a minute ago a little bit, is the advocacy side, right? Turning your guest into an army of marketers. Because you're, you're, 
we, we always talk about this at Fuel, right? Your, your best, next best guest is the guest that's on property right now, right? That's always the thing. When you, Pete says this a lot, like you should, the minute that that person has booked their stay, you should be working towards getting their next booking, right? That's always the most important next guest. But the next best guest after that is someone in their tribe, right? Your existing guest, someone that's in their family, their, their circle of friends, their influences, because people tend to hang out with people that look and act and behave a lot like they do, right? Well, this that's, is that's why you... it's why these advertising platforms have similar two audiences. We just talked about that a couple of weeks right, ago, but exactly. it is the exact reason why they try to find people with similar interests. Yep. Well, because some people with similar interests hang out with each other, and you you must treat this, and we all know it. Anyone who's taken a marketing class knows word of mouth marketing is the best. Yeah. This is the new word of mouth. Exactly. So allow your customers to you know help share you you share them and and it's it's a it's a spray word of mouth marketing yeah and, and it, it goes you know from grouping to grouping to grouping and it's exponential right once you do that because now you've reached a new group of people and then they experience and they share and it's a new group of people that's why you know we always recommend platforms like flip to to act lines because they've taken that concept of advocacy and gamified it and created a strategy around it. It's not just a widget. It's a tool that allows you to execute this flawlessly, this concept, right? Cause it, it's cumbersome cause you've got to encourage people to do it because people are lazy and mm -hmm. unless you encourage them, they're not probably not going to do stuff or you've got to incentivize it because they need to receive value in, in terms of in, in exchange for what they're going to do. Flip2 does a phenomenal job of that, right? It, it creates um, campaigns where you can encourage guests. It creates drip messaging to encourage guests. And it just, you switch it on and it just works because there's a strategy behind it and it turns all of your guests into advocates. But that that's, I think that's the thing. A lot of people think social media is a, is a broadcast channel. It really no. shouldn't be. It should be a conversational channel, yeah. right? And the more you can let your, guests be the driver of that conversation the more success you're going to have and we're kind of moving down but that's in a sense it's it's all the key factor is engagement it's engaging with what you're doing you know what you're posting and um you know what you're posting how you're posting it what you're asking of people what you want from your guests and stuff like that i mean it's it's all to get that interaction right. going and i and i think that as the marketer of any particular property, you need to look at any post, video, whatever whatever you're putting out there. Would this interest me? You know, is it something that you're proud of that you can you look at and be like, would I click on this? Would I pay attention to this? Would I engage with this if I were the random client or random guest that would be coming? You know, I think that's 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 super important. Yeah, and it should never be self-serving. You know, it should always be. And you touched on this already, Brittany. It's, it, it's providing value to the mm -hmm. person that's reading it. Because, I mean, you're on social channels. You think about Facebook, right? Who who is someone following? They're they're following their family. They're following their friends. They're mm -hmm. following people that they have a deep connection with. They're following um, brands, brands they that that they really have an affinity with. Those kind of things. So you're you're trying to cut through the noise and compete with that and. You've got to stand out. And not only Think that. Think about it this way. You're competing with my mom. Are exactly. you more important than my mom? <laughs> yeah. You're not, I promise. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. 
Your um, mom would be so proud. Yeah. This, I mean, <laughs> everyone should feel the same way about their mom, right? But, you know, I, I think people forget that, right? Mm-hmm. They just want to broadcast something out and they think they deserve to be seen. Well, right. one, the organic algorithm is probably not going to show you. And when you look at how, say, Facebook, for example, figures out who's going to see your post, it's all about engagement. Right. And at the end of the day, if the first 10 people that see your post don't engage with it, guess what? The rest of your fans are not going to see it. Facebook's going to pull that away because they want people to engage and stay on the platform. So let's stop. Let's step back into content for a second because there's <clears throat> so many good things other than just showcasing your property. I think like that's what most people think like when they're running a, a business or hotels, social media page. It's like, oh, we just have to showcase all the great things about the property. No, post um, events, you know, get people excited about event, an event that's either happening at your property or happening in the area. Um, ask questions, you know, of um, people that maybe come to the area or want to come to the area. Um, give travel tips, run contests. You know, there's so many things you can do to get people to engage other than just saying, oh, look, we have this awesome water park at our property yeah the other thing i think that people miss an opportunity on is humanizing the property and bringing the hospitality through on your social channels by showing videos and content about the staff right the people that people are going to interact with because at the end of the day the 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 connection that a guest makes with your staff is probably the most important part of their experience so if you can enhance that some some way or, or prime that some way by showing who your front desk manager is or who your housekeeper is or your maintenance person is and humanizing the experience and showing why you care and letting the hospitality that you exhibit shine through in your social posts, that can go a long way to getting people to care about your brand. Because at the end of the day, people don't care about the building or the room or even... I mean, they care about the amenities, but they don't care about right. the amenities. They're right? all inanimate objects. Right. Mm-hmm. They care about people. They care about relationships. They care about connections. So use social media, which is a platform where humans communicate and connect and socialize. Use that to your advantage by showcasing your employees. If, if Shirley's checking people in at the front desk, have Shirley in your Facebook Live video or, you know, whatever your content is, you know, it, it, it gives a face to your property right. i yeah. think is what you're getting at yeah and and one of the things that drives me bonkers is i've had this kind of conversation with people and they're like oh you know i don't think shirley would be a good representation of us online i'm like then why is she well, she's yeah, the why person she at, at your, your front, front desk? desk you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> that makes so, no sense yeah so hire the right people that care deeply about your product and then let them be authentic online and don't right. don't polish it don't make it something no. that's not that's what I was going to say. Phil mentioned Facebook Live, and I think that's one thing that's with um, hotel. It's so underutilized is Facebook Live because mm-hmm. it's not something you have to, like, record, cut, produce. Like, it's just kind of raw and authentic, and you can get, you know, a real guest interaction. You can get... You could um, catch lightning in a bottle with Facebook you, Live. You <laughs> could. I mean, if you're throwing... A lot of these properties, at least local properties, will host, like karaoke nights and stuff at their at their oceanfront um, beach bars and like why not that's an experience that's people want to have fun like that so why not capture that and Mm -hmm. post it on your facebook especially girls according to cindy lauper girls just want to have fun we do (laughs) (laughs) 
We've stopped doing the dad jokes. I felt like we need to bring them back. <laughs> so yeah, you're just bring bringing it back yeah. hard today. Yeah, I right. got you. Okay. But the other thing with Facebook Live videos is it's because it is underutilized. When you start, you know, when you start broadcasting, your fans are going to find out about it. It's going to be more widely known, and you're going to bring people to your page, which is really hard to do if you're a brand. I mean, people aren't going to seek you out. They may see you in your feed and their feed as that you they scroll through, but you're actually pulling them in, which is incredibly valuable. Right, and a lot of our a lot of our um, properties do the beach webcams that do really really mm-hmm. well, and why not kind of take that to a Facebook Live? Yeah, kind of. Or attend the event yourself. Send someone from your property to attend the event that all the people who are staying with you were going to. Yeah, film around, you know, kind of show. Okay, here we just left, and we're heading back right across the street to the hotel. Right. And here, here's the really like the that. real power. It touches back on what we we're talking about with the advocacy late earlier on, right? So, if I have an event and there's a hundred attendees, and I make a, an event out of a Facebook event live video out of that, right? They're going to be excited, so it enhances their experience, which means they're more likely to recommend it to a friend. They're more likely to come back and stay with us again next time. But also, the content that I publish now is showcasing them, so now they all have an incentive to go and share it with their friends. So exactly. it, not only does it, it, it deepen that relationship with that one group, but it also turns them into an amplifier of what you're doing. They become part of your marketing army so that that's how social media works you want to create things that are hate using the word viral but it becomes viral because everyone participates in in its success that's Mm -hmm. how social media should be used and don't you say viral don't think of viral as thousands or millions of views think of viral as viral within a little tribe you know that that means a lot to a group of people who you could bring into the property to me viral is when content jumps to the next level of connection, like a le- a weaker connection, right? So content that I publish out to people that care about my brand, that they will probably read that, right? But the next level deep, their friends and their family, their tribe mm-hmm. members d- don't know my brand and don't care. What, what makes them want to digest my content is them being connected to someone that's connected to me. So when it's content about that event that, 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 that attendee shared they're gonna now read it that's to me when it goes by and and i think what we're getting at did we step into th- number three we did we, we ju- did we dropped into three and then came back we up to okay. so yeah <laughs> we're talking about getting engagement here this is officially three 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 three, 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 three. <laughs> um so once you start getting the engagement it's how do you how do you manage that how do you interact with people who have engaged with you who have you know, either helped share you, viewed you, reviewed you on on your social media platforms. Um, I feel like that's equally as important as as you being active on them. So, something like a you know, you're gonna get reviews, you're gonna get comments, you're gonna get um, people people sharing yeah. people people you know thank someone for sharing, thank somebody for yeah. leaving a review. If you're getting negative stuff, I mean, this we've had episodes and episodes about responding to reviews, so you can go back and listen to that. But it's equally as important on your social platforms, if not kind of more important, because this is where people are. Like, and it can show your personality. Yeah, and I, I can't it. I go into little rage blackouts when people leave <laughs> negative reviews on Facebook, and then the. 
the business doesn't do anything to it. There's no response. Does it burn your buttons? Mm-hmm. It does. Because it's so easy to hop in like- and be like, hey, Mary, I'm sorry you had such a bad experience. You know, can we do this to make it special for next time? Will you give us a second chance? You know, like I value that more than like silence. Well, and then the silence. thing there is you're doing it in a fishbowl because the people who see this are not the ones who had the bad experience. Right. And you have to be the one to show them that if you have a bad experience at the property, we're also going to work to make it better. Because if they have a problem and nobody responds, when I have no hot water, I'm assuming no one's going to respond either at the hotel. And just, just a tip here. And when someone's leaving the bad review or <clears throat> the complaint or whatever, I feel like it's more important to say, send us a direct message and we'll fix it for you rather than displaying to the public how you fix it for well, them. Right. Mm-hmm. But for just sure. acknowledging you don't, you don't it. Want to say, like, we, we hate that you had a bad experience. Um, yeah. can, can we help? Let us reach out to you. Yeah, in some we'll way send or you a direct message right. or our GM will call you. And we'll, right. We'll but get just it, it yep. being like crickets always. Yeah. And if you're, the, if you're, if you're the one who's sending the immediate direct mm-hmm. message back to the person who left the bad review, I think you're missing the step of let the public know that you take care of people who have right. had a bad mm-hmm. experience. Right. Yeah. And, the, and the same with the, the thank you. Thank you goes a long way. So mm-hmm. when somebody gets really amped up enough to leave you a positive review, just thank them for it. Like, hey, yeah. that's great. Come always, stay with us again. It's always fascinating to me that behavior online doesn't always mirror offline behavior, right? So if someone were to come to your front desk and complain you would never stand there and ignore them. Right. Right? You would respond to them. So what? it's no different online. Mm-hmm. It's still a human being, all but through a keyboard. But you mm-hmm. should you should treat people like people, regardless of the, the channel by which they, they choose to communicate. If they called you and left a voicemail, or, or they got someone on the line and they made a complaint, you would respond. Mm-hmm. So do the same on social media. And here's sure. another one. Um, if if someone's... It may, may not be directly at attaching your your name on social media say it's hashtag business name check your hashtags every once in a while say people are mentioning your business name in a hashtag respond to that share it if it warrants it um people people love that type of stuff too like oh they recognized me for being at their business yeah i mean the other thing too is you can answer questions that aren't even addressed to you i mean take a broader step if somebody's asking a question you know we talked about raleigh if someone's asking a question about raleigh jump in there and answer it yeah you know start being the servant to your guest mm-hmm. before they become your guest yeah that's Hil- the reddit Hil- way yeah hilton yeah. <laughs> hilton was doing that really well mm-hmm. a couple of years ago i don't know if they still do but they had the hilton helps yeah hilton helps in different destinations on tw- it was primarily on twitter right where people would just jump into any conversation i think that you know you need to be careful about how you do that but i think Anytime you're helping a guest and creating mm-hmm. a connection, that's that's a positive mm-hmm. thing. I think, it's not too self-serving. I think the other thing from an engagement perspective is you have to look at how people are using, if it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever it might be. If they're talking to or their friend, they are expecting an almost immediate response. Mm-hmm. So, and we I see this a lot with properties who don't always have someone monitoring their chat or their direct messages. And if somebody sends a message saying, hey, do you have, or are you pet friendly? That has to be answered immediately because that person probably has a credit card in their other hand deciding if they're going to stay. Right. So you always have to be there immediately answering those. So Facebook offers this thing now with their um, 
for businesses with messaging that allows auto responses. Mm -hmm. So you can preload in some of those types of questions. So it auto responds, you know, yes, we're pet friendly. Yeah, and there, there are, now? and there are mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. third-party, you know, chatbot kind of mm-hmm. tools that use AI, and or you can just build out trees of responses. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to be careful with those because, Very. you know, you you can it can go sideways really quickly, or you can alienate someone. So I think human is always the best solution. Sure. Right, but but for the off hours time, if you're a small property and you don't have someone manning it, then I th- I think mm-hmm. it's okay to do auto responder. But sometimes that auto responder could be just a, a a message saying, "Hey, we we'll we've be, received your we've message. received your message, right? We'll uh, respond just specifically to, for yeah. Facebook, I was thinking because maybe not yeah. all properties have a designated. Yeah. And if you know what those common questions are, one right. that should be feeding your site's FAQ system. Sure, but your site's FAQs can also be put into Facebook. To your point, to answer those, are you sure. pet friendly? You should be yep. seeding those FAQs on Google My Business as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the other thing with engagement is I think it, it varies from platform to platform. Like I feel like you've got to get the tone right and the, the nomenclature right for the channel. Like if you're communicating with people on Twitter, you you might use a couple of hashtags. If you're communicating on Instagram, you might use a bazillion hashtags. If you're on Facebook, you probably shouldn't use any hashtags, right? So there's rules of engagement based on the platform. So I think it's important that you get to know those channels as individual mm-hmm. channels and don't try to do the worst thing in the world that burns my goats buttons is when people <laughs> just they'll like publish a blog or something and then the exact same post will go out on all their social channels to send you into a rage blackout it does send me into a rage blackout yeah. which is a new term i <coughs> learned really? today from Brittany rage with her blackouts. chick-fil-a incident mm-hmm. but um yeah it's rage blackout Burn buttons and goats. Let's let's be clear. It was with some crazy at a Chick Fil A and not Chick Fil A itself. <laughs> oh, not! <laughs> I would never ever bring my rage blackout into a Chick Fil A or to a Chick Fil A employee. Better not be hating on God's chicken. I w- I'm not. <laughs> it's the Lord's chicken. Oh man! So any anything else on engagement before we go into the pro tips? No, nope, so. I think it's pro tip time. All right, pro, pro tip. tip time. Okay, this one's kind of just for fun. We should have a jingle for pro tip time. Pro tip time. It <laughs> needs to be like a football sounding yeah. thing. Are you? I'll let you come up with it. No, I'm not. All right. Keep going. <laughs> um, okay, so social media can be time consuming. So just a quick pro tip. Create a Google Doc spreadsheet. Get columns set up for your date. Um, a post, did I post it, checkbox, content, links column, image column, and notes column, and just whoever your marketing person is, sit down, fill it out a month ahead of time, schedule as much as you can, and then it's done. Then you really, month to month, only have to worry about the interaction and engagement part or anything that's live, of course, which you can make notes for within your calendar. Yeah, which we talked about last week or the week before about the having a super mega calendar of all your marketing mm-hmm. stuff, right? Include your, your, your social media emails, your blogs, whatever it is. Social media is a, a critical part. It, it's not something you shouldn't, I don't think, I mean, some people will disagree with this, but I don't think you should go on there every day and, and manually post, right? No. Some people say, be that, do that so you're there and present when people respond monitor the responses know when the posts are going out but it's way more efficient to schedule out the next 
400 yes. posts. Well, we've talked about that where when you automate, it leaves you time to interact. Mm -hmm. But if you're not automating your processes, you're constantly just doing and you're not having a chance to engage. Yeah. Since yep. I'm sitting in her chair, I'm giving you the Melissa caveat of the day. <laughs> if you have some kind of special natural disaster, crazy event, unexpected type of yep. thing happen in your town, around your hotel, and you have scheduled posts, please, please, please go revisit what your scheduled posts were after said event. You could be. Yeah. You could be setting yeah. yourself up for a timing, world of trouble. Timing could be really awkward. So, it, you know, once something happens, go revisit your marketing and and see if you did anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. social media is definitely not a set it and forget it kind of no. thing. It's a set it and monitor it kind yes. of a scenario. Yes. But you want to take the setting part out of the time-consuming part. So just yeah. set yep. it so that busy. you can... Yeah work on engagement, making sure revisit when you need to. Right, yeah. exactly. And then look at tools like Flip2 to automate some of the stuff we talked about with advocacy and and, and you know, in, encouraging your guests to to post on your behalf because that that's part of social media. Mm -hmm. My biggest pet peeve out of all of social media. And this might be the second or third time I said this is my biggest pet peeve today, but <laughs> I have a lot of pet peeves. This this might be my biggest is when people are trying to drive folks from their website to, to their social channels like that that's not what you should be doing i think that's so backwards social, opposite, right, right social channels should be driving people back to your website mm -hmm. to your conversion funnel they, they're in a way to amplify the content that you're producing and, and you leverage that content across all these channels and try to build awareness but don't don't put your big join us on facebook front and center on your website above and more and more in book a more now. prominent mm. position than book now because what's you know you've got to get people through a funnel towards booking and sending them away from your website to facebook where now phil's mom is direct messaging you is it's going to distract mm -hmm. distract them. at that point you're in facebook's funnel facebook's job is not to make you have I, guests at your hotel and i think one of the biggest most entrapping things is don't send them out to your YouTube channel, keep them, keep your videos on your site. Let them watch the few videos that embed you have. Them from embed YouTube. them. Embed them yeah. and turn off the following yeah. videos. Like I think that's URL a, variables that's you can put in. Can you not do that anymore? No, you can. It'll show. It'll show other videos <coughs> in, if you're logged in into the person's recommended. Mm -hmm. That's still gonna be there, but it's not gonna just. I thought rel equals zero has been deprecated. Not rel equals zero. I thought there was another um, URL variable you could say. I don't want to show. Maybe we need it. Yeah. Either way, that's not the that point. Yeah. Don't send someone directly out to YouTube because you're gonna put them well, in a well, any social hole. channel, right? Or any, any social any channel. social channel. Like Pete said, that social channel's job is to keep you on that social channel so they can maximize their ad revenue. So they can do everything they can to distract people and keep them in their funnel. You want people in your funnel, which is your website. So, you know, absolutely use social media as a, you know, it, this is kind of that, that hub and spoke mentality of, of the central piece is your website. And these other things are promoting your website and driving people back to your website. That's how it should work. Yep. It's a tool. It is a tool. As are we. Hey. <laughs> 
So is that I'm it? I'm the sharpest tool. I think that's show. it. That was good. That was a that was a good kind of fundamentals overview of social media. I mean, this is a topic we could talk about for hours and hours and hours. There's so many nuances to it, but but I think if you follow these simple rules, you're going to get the basics right. Yeah, it's and, a good and, starting point. And don't overstretch yourself. If you're a team of one, you know, just pick one, probably Facebook, and do it really, really well. But if yeah. you have some extra time or extra resources and you want to go dabble in Snapchat or Instagram or these other places that maybe you can get some traction, do it. We've had some success with Snapchat in the past. For, for example, we have one group that had some um, unique one-off rooms right some some beach homes it was a resort property but they had one or two beach homes so they went and did virtual tours on snapchat and they were driving revenue from that you know i've seen hotels that are really successful on twitter because they have a really good sense of humor or they've created a community around something that they're specialized in it can really work but if you're just an average property with nothing really distinguishing you twitter's probably not the channel for you Facebook probably is, Instagram maybe is, but you should absolutely be doing video on YouTube as well. So yeah, it was a good one, Brittany. Yay. So if you want to get the notes to this show, you can do that at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode one, two, three. You can also check out, we'll link to the original blog article that Brittany wrote on this topic, which fleshes out some of this uh, information as well. So it was, it was a good job. Well done. Yeah. Woo. Alrighty, so we got some housekeeping, ladies and gentlemen. Who want, who wants to keep the house? Pete, do you want to keep, I'll do keep the, the house? Shout outs. Let's do a shout out, shall we? All right, this shout out is to Stuart, and since he asked us to do this, it's kind of self serving. But did you know that you recently appeared on Slick Talk podcast? I, you know what? I I had a rage blackout and I completely <laughs> forgot about it. But, but you did. Yeah. No. So Will Slickers is this guy that's Slick Willie. <laughs> Isn't that a cool name? So he's got a podcast awesome called this, is Will Slickers. It's Will with one L. And um, he's got the Slick Talk Hospitality Podcast, which I don't know if you guys have been listening to. I've been listening to it for a little while. And this guy, he's a manager at a property. And he's his passion for hospitality really shines through. Like he really gets geeky about taking care of the guest. And we had connected just because, you know, podcasts. And so he invited me to be on his show, and um, we recorded an episode earlier in the week, and he published it. But it was really cool. We got really deep into the conversation about, um, you know, the the bridge between operations and marketing, and how they should be one and the same thing, and you know, the true deep essence of hospitality. It was a really cool, deep conversation. Like he he's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Like he's just having these cool, interesting conversations with people. So. Just search for Slick Talk Hospitality anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll link to that episode that I was on in the show notes as well. But I would definitely recommend anyone to, that's in the hospitality industry, whether you're in marketing or operations or whatever, you should check out the Slick Talk podcast. It's it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Had a lot of fun with that. I think we'll probably collaborate on some more stuff and maybe have them on the show. Yeah, we should future. definitely yeah, have them on the show. show. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, we, you know, we're marketers, right? But none of us really grew up in the hospitality business. Mm-hmm. So having someone like Will on that's in the trenches would be a really good perspective, I think. So we're going to work on what, what does that content look like, but we'll probably have him on the show at some point. Can we grill him with questions? Yeah, for sure. Like, what's the worst guess you ever had? Yeah, I want to <laughs> I, I get those type of things yeah. out of him. Yeah, no, but that was good. All right, we've got some other housekeeping. There's a, an event coming up. 
It yeah. is the Direct Booking Summit in Miami from the 22nd to 23rd of October. Um, That's a great show. I don't, and, and if you haven't been to it before, it's put on by Triptease, but it's you know just a bunch of people that are focused on how do we drive more direct bookings. It's it's a really good summit. I'm going to be there this this one. This will actually be my first one. I've read the content, seen the videos from previous ones, and heard a lot of good feedback, so this will be the first one. I'm going to. So that's in October in Miami. We'll put a link in the show notes to um, the ticket page where we actually have a fuel exclusive discount. So if you want to save a few bucks ordering tickets to the Direct Booking Summit, you can do that on the show. I want to save a few bucks. I love Miami. I just want to go to Miami. Miami's pretty cool. Happening town, man. It is. Wait, we forgot the most important hotel news of the week. What? Justin Bieber and his bride... Haley Baldwin are going to be in South Carolina for their wedding ceremony. What are you talking about? Why does that? What does that have to do with hotels? Um, they're staying at a local hotel in South Carolina. <laughs> hotel news. And okay, here we'll get more hotelly. So apparently they didn't rent out the hotel, which is usually I guess something celebrities do when like the whole hotel. The so whole you hotel. Could go book so, a room at the, same so hotel the guests that, that actually have rooms there got all these restrictions like they can't go to the restaurant they can't use some of the amenities what but the hotel offered to either refund them and let them just go away or book their trip another time like rebook their trip firstly i didn't even know justin Bieber was getting married he's already married he's been married for a year she but they're again? doing their ceremony now time out is he's this a in charleston Justin it's Bieber's a polygamist? Bluff, it's in pl- Bluffton, Bluffton, yeah. Bluffton okay. South Carolina. Palmetto yeah. Bluff. Okay. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's pretty. Why do you care? I don't know. I just exactly. thought it was good hotel marketing. Right. So, so, number so one. so into celebrity stuff. <laughs> why is... I'm not. I'm actually who's not. His, who's this girl and why are they in South Haley Carolina? Haley Baldwin is, is she, what, Alec like, Baldwin's daughter. Is she from South Carolina? Is this, I don't know, guys. I, this is, I don't answer. pay attention we need to answers. celebrities. The only important part of that was Justin Bieber in South Carolina. The, the only Baldwin's, Alec Baldwin daughter I know is Ireland because he that was the one he screamed at in the voicemail. I'm pretty sure maybe it's the other Baldwin's. Adam there, Baldwin's awesome. There are a lot of no, Baldwin's. No, not him. The other, the no, it's I don't know. It's one of the Baldwin's. Right, well, we just lost our last listener. So. Wait, they're reco- is this is still recording. <laughs> yeah, this is this is an episode of the Fuel Hotel uh. Marketing Podcast <laughs> brought to you by Justin Bieber. Uh. And one of the Baldwin daughters. I hate myself. Justin <laughs> done. Bieber on the show. I'm out. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up the um, hotels.com and poopery crossover oh, event. That was, was a good so one good. too. Can we? We'll post that video on the show. No, notes. I, it's on one of my social media posts. Don't but, ruin it. But I'm not going to tell people to go and search through our Facebook. Hosts, hey Brittany, Brittany, that. Brittany, <laughs> what date did you schedule that awesome social media post for? I'm not telling you because I don't want to go change it. Worked hard on that calendar. How, but hey, we just teased it. We got to show people, so okay. we're going to have to embed it in the show notes or okay. something, right? How about I put a link to your Facebook post of the video you of can't because it hasn't been posted no, yet. No, Stuart, I'll don't just... send people from your website out to their social. <laughs> That's right. Dang it! Hoisted <laughs> by my own petard. Well, just it will just be a repeat, so they can see it again. Okay, it's hilarious. But it yeah, is. It hilarious. is really good. I I like crossovers like I that where they, they're cross promoting. But if you Gosh. haven't seen it, Poopery is an awesome product where you spray in the toilet before you do your business, and it's it eliminates the odors. 
and Hotels.com did a really cool <laughs> skit where um, hashtag a, a couple, first poo with Bill. Yeah, so a couple were taking their first trip together, and that's obviously a challenge that everyone has experienced. Mm, spray it first and then book with Hotels.com <laughs> instead of booking direct. Yeah, so they're starting a hashtag campaign on social media with this first poo with Boo, which is really <laughs> funny. I wonder how that 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 crossover even came about That's like who appro- smart, approached though. whom you know? I, yeah, yeah who approached who is really what i want to figure out because whoever did yeah hilarious it's really good it was probably poopery i would imagine they're they're very, their advertising very is great. avant-garde with their their approach to marketing you have to be yeah and that's your product yeah, it's I mean, a great product, too, well that, by the way. Uh, all right, so tying this all back it. to this episode, right? When you talked about being authentic and on brand, <coughs> there isn't a better example of that than poopery. Like they, they lean in to who they mm-hmm. are and everything they do. It's a really, really cool brand. So we'll, we'll, I don't care what you say, Brittany. I'm going to post a video on the show notes. Whatever, you're just breaking your own rules you told people not to do. I'm going to embed the video. I'm not going to link out to Facebook. Okay? It'll be okay. So there we go. That was episode one, two, three, guys. It was easy as one, two, three. You want to break out into some song with that? I was going to do it. Something one, two, three. Anyway. All right. Bye-bye. Such a dad goodbye. Oh, Pete, you're such a grumpus at this point in the show. Pete, if they want to find your grumpy rants, where can they do so? They can find me on Twitter at P-D-I-M-A-I-O. P-D-I-M-A-I-O. Phil. Uh, Find me on Twitter at P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. Brittany. I'm on Facebook. They can find me there. Brittany Mullins, B-R-I-T-N-I-M-U-L-L-I-N-S. There you go. You you just gave out your personal Facebook account? Oh. Meh. Well, they're just going to see your dogs and stuff. Yeah, That's my dog's my about. baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find me at Stuart Butler. You can, on Twitter, you can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Again, you can get the notes to this show at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 123. And I will officially say that this is probably the worst ending to any show we've ever done. We went off the rails so far that the rails are a dot to us at this point. What but rails? Why is, it, why is it a bad ending? I don't know. We just Beaver kinda... entered our podcast. I thought, to be fair, I thought this podcast ended before the whole Justin Bieber thing. <laughs> Me too, honestly. I mean, we could just make going. an ending right now. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Sans Bieber. <laughs>